0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else while I try to navigate this thing that I'm supposed to have called mental health. We're still looking for that. Now, this week I do want to talk about the pre-release for the Wilds of Eldrite. Namely, in that... My LGS WNY Gaming up in, uh, I think it's still in the Hamburg area. They do their first uh, round of pre-release on Friday night at nine o'clock and they do it as a two headed giant. So typically I will partner with my cousin Nate and we'll just go have a good time. So this is the first time in a long time that either of us has gone undefeated. And I just kind of want to talk about it. Because originally I wasn't super big on Wilds of Eldraine. There was like maybe 15 cards I was like, okay, I'll pick those up. And we didn't necessarily have too many bombs in our actual pulls. We just had really good, efficient decks. So let's move on to what we built. So my cousin Nate ended up building Blue, Black, Fairies, and Disruption, and I built Naya Token Go Wide. The core of my cousin's deck was two cards that we had multiple copies of. Uh, the first one being Hopeless Nightmare, which is a single black mana enchantment. When it enters, each opponent discards a card and loses 2 life. So in 2-Headed Giant, they're each discarding a card, and then they lose a total of 4 life. Uh, when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you scry 2, and you can pay 2 and a black to sacrifice it. We also had Ego Drain, which is a single black sorcery. An opponent reveals their hand, you choose an online card from it, the player discards that card. If you don't control a fairy exile a card from your hand. And since he was running the fairies as well, that never happened. So the dream was to have all three of them in our hand with two black mana. So we could go turn one, play one, turn two, play the other two. That never quite happened, but in the three rounds, two of the rounds, we did have all three out within the first three turns. And it is backbreaking. Now, let's move on to what I was playing. So, the core of my deck was the two Ash Party Crashers, which is a red and a white for a 2 2 legendary human peasant. It has haste and it has celebration. When they attack, if two or more non land permanents enter the battlefield under your control this turn, you put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on Ash. So, I wanted things that would enter and make a thing. So, first up we have uh, Sir Armont the Redeemer, which is uh, 3 green-white for a 4-4 human knight. When he enters the battlefield, you create a monster roll token and attach it to a creature. And then enchanted creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1. So, that was the way we wanted to trigger Ash, was just play a thing it enters and makes a thing so we ended up with stuff like hopeful vigil which is one and a white for an enchantment when it enters it makes a 2-2 night token with vigilance and then when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield you scry two and you can pay three to sacrifice hopeful vigil it's the uh white version of the hopeless nightmare so it's nearly the same uh, edge Wall Pack is 3 and a red for a 3-3 dog with Menace. But when it enters the battlefield, you make a 1-1 one, one black rat creature token with this creature can't block. Charmed Clothier is 4 and a white for a 3-3 fairy advisor with Flying. When they enter the battlefield, you create a Royal Roll token attached to a cre- another creature. Uh, red Cap Thief is 2 in red for a 2-3 Goblin Rogue. When it enters, you make a treasure token. 3 Blind Mice is 2 and a white for a Saga. Step 1 is to create a 1-1 one, one White Mouse creature token. 2 and 3 are created token that's a copy of target token you control. And 4 is creatures you control get plus 1 plus 1 and gain Vigilance till end of turn. So the thing we are actually doing with this was we would make the mouse and then for steps two and three, we would copy the rolls and put them on different creatures. Uh, Cursed Courtier is two and a white for a 3-3 human noble with lifelink, but when it enters, you put a cursed roll token on it. Uh, Knightly Veiler is four and a white for an enchantment aura. One Knightly Valor enters the battlefield, create a 2-2 White Knight creature token with Vigilance, and Enchanted Creature gets plus 2, plus 2, and Vigilance. And then I had the, uh, the Beanstalk Worm. Which is 4 and a green for a 5-4 with Reach. But it has an adventure called Plant Beans. It's 1 and a green for a sorcery. And it says, you may play an additional land this turn. So the number of times I was able to skip from two to four mana, it just accelerates so well. And then once I get to that five mana, I can just play it. And then I can throw, you know, a monster roll token on there to give it trample. It was just, it was kind of the big beater of my deck. Next to. Well, the last one I want to talk about. Tough Cookie is 1 and a green for a 2-2 food golem. When Tough Cookie enters the battlefield, you create a food token, so it still fits into what I was trying to do with Ash. But for 2 and a green, target non-creature artifact you control, becomes a 4-4 artifact creature token till end of turn. And then for 2 and a tap, you can sacrifice the Tough Cookie to gain 3 life. So... Between this making food and other things that were making treasures, it just got to a point where if the game went long enough and I had six mana, I consistently could attack for eight on the ground. And then we paired that with the fact that Nate would usually have like three or four power in the air and it just, it just kind of wrecked house. But, yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to talk about for the pre-release. I am going to go over a few more cards that I am looking forward to in the set that maybe I didn't realize were in the set. And I'll do that in a minute. I just need a break. It's been a long weekend so far. So I'll be right back. Hey. I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that, but if you would like to help support the podcast and me, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always into the description of either the video or the audio wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks. But that's it. That's all. If you want to help the links will be where you can find them. And we're back. Now, one of the things I didn't realize because I really hadn't been paying attention to spoilers and stuff was the enchanting tales in wilds of Eldrain, which is, well, just a bunch of enchantments that got new art and they're kind of in like that slot in booster packs where there's one in every booster pack and it can be anything from like uncommon to mythic. And I just want to talk about a few of those that, you know, got reprinted. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's a lot. Uh, So I'm only going to do like two from each color so I can keep this relatively short. So for white, we have land tax. Single white enchantment being of your upkeep. If an opponent controls more lands than you, you can search your library for up to three basic land cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, and then shuffle and the other one I want to talk about is Smothering Tithe. Three and a white for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two. If the player doesn't, you create a treasure token. Which is just... Well, yeah. Uh, then, going into blue... We have the, the blue counterpart to Smothering Tithe, which is Ristic Study. Two and a blue for an enchantment whenever an opponent casts a spell... You draw a card unless they pay one. And I think the other one I want to talk about, the one that I'm more excited about being in here, is Forced Fruition, which is four blue-blue for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player draws seven cards. Sure, it sounds like you're helping them, but if they cast three spells, they've drawn half of their deck. So, yeah... But moving into black, considering this is a fairy set, I would be very remiss not to mention that Bitter Blossom got the reprint here. One in a black for a tribal enchantment fairy. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and create a 1-1 black fairy rogue creature token with flying. The other one that I saw in here that I absolutely want to talk about is Necropotence, which is black, black, black for an enchantment. You skip your draw step. Whenever you discard a card, exile that card from your graveyard, and you can pay one life to exile the top card of your library face down. Put that card into your hand at the beginning of your next end step. Now going into red, the first one I want to talk about is Aggravated Assault. Two and a red for an enchantment, and you can pay three red red to untap all creatures you control. If it's a main phase, there's an additional combat phase, followed by an additional main phase. Activate only as a sorcery. Now, the other one I think I want to talk about here is probably going to be the Sneak Attack, which is three and red for an enchantment. You can pay a red to put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Creature gains haste, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. In green, we have to talk about the two big ones. That's doubling season four and a green For an enchantment, if an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many instead. And if an effect would create one or more counters on a permanent you control, it puts twice that many counters on that permanent instead. And it's Little Brother Parallel Lives. Three and a green for an enchantment. If an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many tokens instead. So, yeah, that's just... Some of the things that are here. And then on top of. I guess what we would call the. Regular enchanted evening. Arts. They also have like an anime style art as well. For a good chunk of them. I don't think it's all of them. But still that's. Looking at them, uh, I want that version of the Doubling Season because it's it's a Goose Hydra sitting on a clutch of eggs. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for me for this week. I uh, am still fairly obsessed with Baldur's Gate 3, but I am getting back into actually looking at Magic Cards so we will see where I end up, but for the rest of this weekend, uh, I am taking a break from Baldur's gate and just gonna relax. So with that, I bid you farewell and uh, yeah. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.